Thank you so much, Tim. I've, I've realized now that I've got a problem. Well, one of many, actually, but a fresh one. I'm, I'm accustomed to leaning on pulpits when I'm speaking. And when I lean on this one, it sinks into the ground. How, just how low will it go if I keep leaning? <laughs> Well, this should be interesting. I'm going to have to break some of my usual habits. Thanks for your prayer. So the text, uh, the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2 and verse 4. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. It's really lovely to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. And thanks to everybody who's welcomed me. Really appreciate it. It's you know then that you're on the right side of the Tamar, don't you? It's, it is really good. Um, the college in Bristol sends its greetings to, uh, to all of you, to, to one of its favourite sons, Tim. No, really. Well. And, and, and to Michelle, too, who's one of the only Anglican students we ever had who came and sat in the Baptist history class. There are some things that you only do for love. Now, I could, and I will for a price later, tell you all sorts of stories uh, about, about Tim, but he's invited me to lunch, so I need to be careful. It's, uh, it's great fun being principal of a college, because you, you get keen, enthusiastic young people like Tim, and you get to mess with their heads a little bit. It's good. It's good. But the trouble with it is that people sometimes think that you've got significant things to say. They, they ask you questions and then you have to find something to say and then they have to look at you as if you've said something helpful because obviously you're in charge so you must have done. Tim never quite got the hang of that bit, did you Tim? No. <laughs> what exactly? But a lot of the time, like lots of us I suppose, I, I felt quite a bit like uh, Charlie Brown. Do you know Charlie Brown in the Peanuts cartoons? Do you know, come across those? I feel like him a lot of the time. And it, one of my favourite ones, um, he's out walking, a beautiful day like this one, with uh, his friend Linus and his friend Linus's bossy sister, who's called... Oh, I'm going that way. Who's called Lucy. And Lucy says... Aren't the clouds beautiful? Just like balls of cotton wool. And then she says, if you lie down and use your imagination, you can see all kinds of things in the clouds. Linus, she says, what can you see? And Linus says, well, over there, I can see a map of British Honduras on the Caribbean laid out in all its beauty. And just there, I can see what looks like the profile of the famous artist, Thomas Eakins. And finally, over there, is the, is the stoning of the martyr Stephen with the Apostle Paul standing to one side beside a pile of clothes. And Lucy says, Linus, that's really good. Charlie Brown, what can you see? And Charlie Brown says, well, I was going to say that I can see a ducky and a horsey, but... I've changed my mind now. And that's how I feel. Other people have got really significant things to say, and I can see a duck and a horse. 
And I've not always... Uh, I, yeah, I have always had this difficulty. I want to tell you a story about when I was really little. I thought at that point in my life that I knew better. Uh, one of my earliest memories is uh, getting up early one morning and wandering into the kitchen where we lived in Brixton. And I found my dad, what he often did when he got up and he hadn't been told by my mum what he should be doing, uh, uh, he'd taken the back off something and was pretending to fix it. And in this occasion, it was our old Robert's radio. Do you remember these? Some of you are nodding. They're marvellous, marvellous pieces of kit. Ours never worked. At the best of times, you had to spend ages swivelling it on its base to try to tune it in. And even then, you couldn't get much of a sound out of it. So Dad was always trying to fix ours. I really liked it because it got proper radio. It used to get... Those radios, they get, they get the home service and the light programme. You just can't get a radio that picks those up anymore. It's, <laughs> it's a real shame. Anyway, I saw that Dad was fixing it, and I thought... I knew how to help him. So when I saw that he'd taken the back off the radio, I thought, this is my opportunity. I went round to see what he was doing. But what I saw when I looked inside was not at all what I'd expected to see. So I turned to my dad and I said to him, I said, Dad, where are all the people? <laughs> and he looked at me with that look of, Sympathy, the kind that I now use with the students at college. You know, just look at them. And he said, silently, he said, what people? And I said, you know, the little people. The little people, son. I could see he was thinking, well, he's going to have to dial 999 any minute. I said, sure, the little people, the ones who live inside the radio. You know, the people who read the news sing the songs, play the guitars. And he goes, ah, oh, he says, those people. He said, look, Stephen, he said, look, it's really early in the morning at the moment. They've not arrived for work yet. <laughs> and the worst part is I believed him. Now, I still don't really understand how radios work. I have figured out that there are little people inside them. I also know that you have to tune them in. That there are, there are signals that you can't see in the air all the time. Even where we're stood now, there's probably a Wi-Fi signal somewhere. There are radio waves and TV signals passing through. And we don't even know they're there. But if you tune into them, you can, you can hear them, you can see them. When a radio broadcast happens, if you tune in the radio, it makes a copy of the broadcast for you to hear. We can't always see the Spirit of God. They could at Pentecost, he came in, those, in the fire. But you can't always see that the Spirit of God is here, but you can tune in to something that you can't, that's invisible, who is invisible, and as a result, we are changed. When we tune in to the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit, we, as it were, broadcast Jesus. We're changed so that we become like Him. 
so that we, he lives our life within us. This is the story of Pentecost, is that the Spirit of God enables us to be the people of God, to do the works of God, to engage in the mission of God. And we can't do that in our natural selves, but with the aid of God's Spirit within us, we can be transformed. We can participate in the good things that God is doing in the world. And that's who we are called to be. And what we're called to do. But it's not us that's doing it. It's the work of God in us. So, sometimes people call Pentecost the birthday of the church. And I gather we've got a cake later, so I didn't need to bring this one. But, and in a sense, that's true. That we celebrate the gift of the Spirit. And we recall when the church is commissioned by God as the Spirit-filled people called into all the world. But really, God is simply renewing some and, and giving a kickstart to some promises that he made a long, long time before that. This is, the Bible works as one big story that goes from creation to recreation. And this is a key part in that journey. God is promising that he's going to renew the whole of creation. It's not just about the church. The church is caught up in God's story as God gets on with keeping the promises that God made at the very start. Do you remember right at the beginning we're told how God made the heavens and the earth? And in Genesis 1, it says that God created humanity in God's own image. Do you recall? Now, in the, in the ancient world, I mean, the idea of the image of God has all kinds of meanings. So this is just one of them. In the ancient world, an, an emperor would put statues of himself wherever he ruled. So wherever a particular emperor was in charge, there you'd find a statue. And, and they put their own picture on the money that circulated, on the coins that circulated. Just like we have the queen's head on our coins and on our notes. So a sign that this was where a particular person ruled was that you'd find their picture on the coins that were in use there. So wherever the image of that emperor was found, that was a sign that this was in the area of their rule. And so for humans to be the image of God means that they are the sign that God's in charge. And so God says to them, go into all the world as my image, because you are the sign that this is where I rule. And of course, that was God's intention, that what humans should be. It all went wrong fairly quickly, as you'll know, because you know the story. But that was always God's plan. And he always intended that there would be a people who would be renewed by God, who would go into all the world and explain how God's kingdom works. In case you haven't figured this out yet, that's us. So this is the big story. 
Now, God made that promise right at the beginning. Humans kept trying to find ways to run away from it. Here's another story that you may remember. Now, you'll know this one, because I've gone backwards. You'll know this one, because it's the famous story of the tower. Now, humans, remember, we've been told to go out into all the world. So what did we do? We all gathered in one place. We'd been told we'll do God's will by going outwards. So what did we decide to do? We decide to build upwards. That's the way our minds work. And so we're building upwards. What happens? God says, no, that's not what I've got for you. I need you to disperse into all the world. And in order to make sure that we did, God gave us all different languages so we couldn't understand each other and different groups went off in different directions. Do you remember? Important story because it shows humans trying to do almost the opposite of what God wants us to and God finding ways to get us at least to do something of what he intended. I'm still going backwards. There you go. I'll figure this out eventually. This is Abraham. Just after the story with the tower, God comes to Abraham and says, because you've been obedient to me, through you, all the nations will be blessed. In other words, God is saying, I'm not giving up on the project that I started out with. Through you, I will find a way to bless all the nations. And then this is Joel who was one of the great prophets of the Old Testament. And you remember Joel's famous prophecy that when God decided to act to keep his promises, which is what the prophets mean when they say the last days, when God acts to keep his promises, the Holy Spirit will fall on every category of people. Now, they were used to the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit would come on the prophets and on the kings and on the leaders. But when God starts keeping his promises, it won't just be those people who have the Spirit. It will be all God's people. And it doesn't matter whether you're young or you're old or you're a man or you're a woman or if you're, or what your economic class is. He talks about the slaves and the people who aren't slaves. Every category of humanity is drawn in to what God is up to. That's what Joel says is going to happen. So on the day of Pentecost, when we we discover the Spirit fall, Peter tells us, if we go on to the next little bit of the reading, that this is all to fulfill what Joel has already told us about. That this is a sign that God is keeping his ancient promises. That God's project that humans should tell the world about God's kingdom is still going on, that God is faithful to it. So that's what's happening. And so all these people from every part of the world who spoke different languages were all found themselves together for the great festival of Pentecost. Some of them, most of them were Jewish, but not all of them. There were God-fearers from other, from parts of that areas of, around the empire as well. And they all heard the gospel preached in their own language. A sign 
not just of, of how wonderful God is, but that God is keeping his promises that, his, that they are for the whole world. So we find that the, the issues of, of, of Babel, where all the humans gathered and built upwards, are reversed. Here is a people where they all understand in the same language, and they go out after Pentecost back into the whole world. The point is that the blessing that God sends is not just for the church's benefit. It's not so we can go, aren't we great? We can do all these amazing wonders with fire and, uh, and different languages. It's not given to us for our benefit. It's given to us to enable us to be the presence of God in the world. The whole point of Pentecost is to enable the church's mission. And the church's mission is to be part of the fulfilling of God's promises. Sometimes we spend our time arguing with each other about what, what the Holy Spirit of God is doing in our day. We argue with each other about what songs we should be singing. We, we, find, we argue with each other and form ourselves into different groups and clusters and we argue about what style of worship is right. Or... And God says, none of that's the point. The point is that I've called you to engage in my mission in the world. Let me try to illustrate this. In 2012, Tottenham Hotspur played Bolton Wanderers in a football match at White Hart Lane in London. And the players were all on opposite sides and were competing as fiercely as you would expect them to. The fans were also on opposite sides and, as usual, were singing abuse at one another. And then one of the Bolton players, it's called Fabrice Mwamba, collapsed on the ground. He very nearly died and had they not had a specialist on hand would have done so. To begin with, after he collapsed, the Spurs fans were mocking him, like you do when, a, when one of the opposition pretends to be injured. But little by little, as they realised that something serious was happening, the fans stopped singing and they waited in quiet. The players stopped competing with one another and gathered round to check that this fellow professional was going to be okay. And suddenly, instead of being divided, everybody was united and understood that only one thing mattered. That everything else was inconsequential. And for weeks afterwards, players would appear on the television and they'd wear t-shirts with a logo that simply said, Pray for Mwamba. <coughs> Perhaps some of you may remember this going on. They all recognised that there was something more important than the competition. That there was a shared goal that was more important than any differences. And the church at Pentecost realises 
that there's only one thing that matters. Only one point to all of it. And that point isn't that we should be having partisan arguments or arguing with each other, but to realise what our purpose is, which is to be witnesses to Christ to the ends of the earth to be those who proclaim the kingdom of God, to those who do what humans were supposed to do and to be in the first place, to be the image of God in all the world. So, Saltash, today and every Sunday, you need to hear that Jesus' purpose in telling us about the kingdom, in, in dying for our sins and carrying all that guilt and shame for each of us, was to call us to a purpose. Yes, it's wonderful to celebrate our salvation, but it's also important to, to recognise what we're saved for, for a purpose, to be caught up into God's purposes. That we, like Jesus, are to be tuned in to God's Holy Spirit, so that like him, we speak good news to the captives, proclaim sight for the blind, set the oppressed free, proclaim the year of the Lord's favour, preach the gospel that summons people to repentance and to life in the kingdom of God. That's the purpose. That started out as a, as a picture of the whole world. It's taken from a satellite and you can see the points of light where there are human settlements. In the end, our purpose is to be the witnesses to Christ, the presence of God in all the world. Pentecost sends us out. Yes, it enables us to celebrate who we are, but we can never think about who we are without remembering why God has called this people into being, to be his missionary presence everywhere. May God bless you with an under, a true understanding of the purposes of Pentecost this year and every year. If I may, I'll say a brief prayer after we've had a moment of quiet.